All right, welcome to the Sunrise and Shine podcast. My name is Steve, or Stephen, uh, or Steve-O, or P.S., Pastor Steve. I am a pastor. I pastor Awaken Church in Natchitoches, Louisiana. If you are a podcast regular, you already know this. And so thank you for coming back. If this is your first time listening to the Sunrise and Shine podcast, well, that's who I am. Uh, <laughs> I'm blessed to pastor this this little uh, church plant, church, church uh, startup group in Natchitoches, Louisiana, that meets, typically meets in uh, the movie theater in town called Parkway Cinema. Currently, we are under, not under stay-at-home order anymore, but we're still social distancing. We're heading into, as of, I think, tomorrow, phase two, and what they call, quote, reopening the state, um, which means a church can have, is open to, really should have no more than 50% of your capacity. We meet in a movie theater, same rule applies. Um, There's a lot of rules about, uh, face masks or not face masks and how far apart you sit and do you hug, do you shake hand? We live in the South. It's hard to not go to church and and not hug somebody. So anyway, there's a lot of things going on with that. Currently, we are meeting actually in my living room, and we're going to continue that for the next, uh, at least the next few weeks um, as we see how the rest of things play out, um, and that's where that is. So if you're a part of the Waken Church family listening to the podcast, hey, you're going to get some uh, more information about that very soon. But for today, let's jump into to our kind of our theme, our topic. We are still using kind of our theme of kingdom culture that we've done the last couple of podcasts. And if you missed those, I'd encourage you to go back on our podcast page and um, kind of listen to those those previous podcasts about what color is the church, um, how to have harmony in the house. And today we're going to talk reconciliation way. And here's where this comes from. In, in, uh, in Tulsa, Oklahoma, uh, I, I was... Uh, kind of blessed to live there um, a little over six years in Tulsa in the area and I got to know the area and the history quite well. I recently, um, actually earlier this year, uh, saw a, a, an article about the renaming of Brady Street, which is the main street and one of the main streets in Tulsa to Reconciliation Way. So I read the article, did a deeper dive into history and did a little research on that. And so that's actually how I kind of came to the title today was because of that that street in in Tulsa known as Reconciliation Way. Now, in 1898, um, there was a man named Wayne Tate Brady. He became the father of Tulsa, Oklahoma, because he's the one who established the city. And his his contributions to history of in that area, uh, the history of Tulsa, are remarkable. Nobody can take away that there were some major contributions. Like Tulsa, Oklahoma, is there today because of Wayne Tate Brady. Um, the Main Street was named for him. There's a whole area called the Wady, the, the Brady, <laughs> the Wady, the Brady uh, Arts, Brady Street and Arts District. But his contributions run much deeper than business or arts. He was a he was actually historic historically uh, a white supremacist, and he was a member of the KKK. He took part in the 1921 race massacre that left at least 300 black citizens of Tulsa dead. This is who this is. And so after after this, uh, Brady was. Uh, elected to the Tulsa Real Estate Exchange, and he led a movement to completely segregate Tulsa in in, in, su- in such a way that would destroy any possibility of intermingling black folks and white folks. And that was that was his legacy. And uh, while he established the city and he did some great things, this is the reality of of who he was. 
So in 2013, Tulsa, the city council of Tulsa decided, hey, we got to rename this street because this is this is a controversial person. Yes, he's the father of Tulsa. We can't change that history, but we should probably change this name out of respect of 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 people of all races, of, of all colors. Um, I said races there. I, I believe we're all one race, but 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 this was what they did. They renamed the city uh, and renamed the, the the street in the city. M.B. Brady Street instead of Brady Street because there was this very popular Civil War journalist at the time, uh, in, at the time of the Civil War, named M.B. Brady. And they thought if they just they just renamed Brady Street to M.B. Brady Street after a different Brady, that it would make all the difference in the world. It turned out to not have the effect they were hoping for. They were hoping to really see reconciliation take place. And so um, just within the last... Uh, a couple of years, actually, and very recently, they renamed, which was Brady Street, had been renamed MB Brady Street. Uh, now they renamed it to Reconciliation Way. And the Reconciliation Way was a way of saying, this is what we want to be about. This is what we want to be known about. We're not trying to uh, you know, erase history or change history. Uh, what we want to do is we want to redeem it. And go forward. Now there were some people who were mad that they they were renaming Brady Street Reconciliation Way, and that just when when I when I saw that people were getting really mad and upset that they were renaming this street into something beautiful like Reconciliation Way, I thought, man, there there are so many challenges to true reconciliation for us to have true reconciliation. And this is before what's happened. Obviously, what's happened in the last month or the last and this and again, this has been going on for for a long time. This this uh, what's happened recently in our culture when it comes to um, reconciliation and between uh, people people of color and people of Caucasians and white people. Um, this is not something new, but what's happened now is, is we have even greater challenges to true reconciliation. I and mean, there's always been challenges to this. So today we're kind of going through kingdom culture again and taking a deeper dive into what the culture of God's kingdom looks like and how we, if we're followers of Jesus, if we are the church, we should live by the culture of the kingdom, and we should live out the culture of the kingdom in our culture. And so for today, we're going to look at 2 Corinthians five fourteen through 21. This is in the New Testament of your Bible. This is a, a letter, a letter written by a, a man who, who was named Paul, a follower of Jesus, um, began to follow Jesus after post-resurrection, uh, was actually someone who was a persecutor, an oppressor of followers of Jesus, and he became a follower by meeting Jesus after the resurrection. So really cool story about Paul. But he wrote this letter to uh, some followers of Jesus in a place called Corinth. 2 Corinthians verse 5, verse 14. Either way, Christ's love controls us. Since we believe that Christ died for all, we also believe that we have all died to our old life. He died for everyone, so that those who receive this new life will no longer live for themselves. Instead, they will live for Christ, who died and was raised for them. So we have stopped evaluating others from a human point of view. At one time, we thought of Christ merely from a human point of view. How differently we know him now. This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone. The new life has begun. And all of this is a gift from God who brought us back to himself through Christ. And God has given us this task of reconciling people to him. For God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, 
no longer counting people's sins against them. And he gave us this wonderful message of reconciliation. So we are Christ's ambassadors. God is making his appeal through us. We speak for Christ when we plead, come back to God. For God made Christ, who never sinned, to be the offering for our sin, so that we could be made right with God through Christ. That is 2 Corinthians 5, 14 through 21. Um, we're going to kind of break that down a little bit and look at some other things today. Here's kind of a big idea for, for this podcast uh, today. Reconciliation is going to come through a spiritual awakening where Jesus is the subject. I firmly believe that. Reconciliation is going to come through a spiritual awakening where Jesus is the subject. And so it's time we all reach out for something new. If I could quote the 20th century poet, formerly known as Prince, um, it's time for you to reach out for something new. Here's, here's why people were, were in disagreement about changing the name of a street from which, which uh, the name from which a, a name that honored a known racist to something beautiful like Reconciliation Way. We don't have a common memory. Slavery, mass incarceration, race riots. There's, there's no other way to say it except that different people remember these things differently. Uh, you know, we, have a different, we have a shared history, but we have a different perspective of how we've seen that history. And so they all, we all have a different memory of those things. Uh, so I've, I had a friend who was, who was uh, very much against the renaming of Brady Street in Tulsa to Reconciliation Way. And he's like, no matter how hard you try, you can't erase history by changing a sign. And the thing is, <laughs> the thing is, I don't think they were trying to erase. There's not a push to erase history, but to redeem history. And renaming a city something, uh, a, a street in a city, Something beautiful like Reconciliation Way is an attempt to redeem the history that's brought us to this point. And, and it could be that this is the start of something brand new. So how might we reach beyond what's, what's already been tried? I mean, really, that, that's a great question for us, right? What, what prevents us from trying something new? Well, in verse 14, he says that the, lo the love of Christ controls us. The love of Jesus urges us on. That's, a, that's an important place to start. The, the love of Christ controls us, and, in, and it's the love of Christ that urges us on. Uh, we, you know, if it's the love of Christ that, that's doing that, that's how we grow. It's the love of Christ that, that causes us to grow. And reconciliation has requirements for us. Reconciliation requires that I grow as a person and that we grow as people, okay, as a people, as a community, reconciliation requires that I grow as a person and that we grow as a people. So sometimes we'll hear things like, well, I'm just striving to do my best, right? I mean, we probably all have heard that or said that. As if we can make this new life that Jesus came to give us, uh, we can achieve it somehow by doing the best we can to add Jesus to our old way of life. Like the, Jesus is new and we want to add the new of Jesus to our old ways of life. And true growth isn't, isn't achieved by striving. True spiritual growth isn't achieved by striving. Second Corinthians continues, we have all died to our old self. Jesus died for everyone so that those who receive his new life will no longer live for themselves. Instead, they will live for Christ who died and was raised for them. So where Jesus is the subject, the old way of living is replaced placed by a new life 
It's not just something you add to, add to your life. It's it's replaced by this. It's replaced by new life. So the life Jesus that that Jesus brings is not an add-on. It's an upgrade. It's an upgrade. The Jesus life is a completely new way to be. That's what we're talking about here. A completely new way to be. This is what we need. This is what reconciliation requires of us. It requires that I grow as a person, we grow as a people. That means we need a completely new way to be, and Jesus is the one. When we make Jesus the subject, he's the one who, who, who gives us this completely new way to be. So maybe for us, this is where we need to start, talking to Christians here, talking to the church. This, is, this, this uh, kind of series of podcasts uh, that I'm wrapping up kind of today is for Christians, um, that this is where we need to start. Like we need to die to the old life as we receive this new life. We can be new. It's possible. You can be new. Jesus makes us new. And here's the thing about being new. If we have if we're going to have a new a, a new world or a different world, it requires a different heart. A the, the different world that we desire that we that we see and have a vision for, a different world requires a different heart and uh, i i've i've had to live this um a number of years ago i pastored a congregation in another state and one of the things that that became one of our big deals was halloween and doing a trunk or treat on halloween and everyone of the you know not everyone but everyone who participated from the church and community would come and would just you know get into get into it and get into costume and everything and so what happened last year is um, I got called out for something, and it was something I knew I hadn't even had, didn't even have on my radar. Um, somebody called one of the, the the leaders of the our church planting uh, board that's over over me and over what we're doing here in Natchitoches, and said that um, there was something um, edgy that I had posted on Facebook, and I needed I probably needed to take a look at it or th- it should be looked at. Well, then this brother then contacted another brother and said uh, there's something edgy on 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 Pastor Steve's uh, Facebook, and it's about this, and you need to you need to you know, do something about this. You never have a conversation. And so we have, you know, we were in the same place, same time. We sat down and he said, Hey, I need to talk to you about something. I said, great. What is it? He said, um, or something, somebody had a problem. They called brother so-and-so and and he called me and they said there was something you had posted. It was kind of edgy on your Facebook. I know whatever it was, it didn't have, you didn't mean anything by it. So I just want to be able to tell them we talk. And I said, that's great. But what was it? And he goes, I don't even know what it was. He's like, this was one person called another person. Another person called somebody else and said this, something that was edgy on your Facebook feed. And um, anyway, I just want to talk to you. And I was like, well, I really would like to know what it is because if it's something I need to take down or remove or some in some way I've offended unintentionally, I'd like to be able to make it right. And he's like, it's, it had something to do with some picture about face paint or something. He's like, that's all, I, that's all I can say. And I just want to be able to say we talked about it. I said, great. So we moved on and went on. Well, then what I realized what happened was there was a picture from a decade ago, literally 10 years ago, um, that we had at that Halloween, one of those Halloween gatherings at a previous church I pastored. And there were two young ladies who came as Michael Jackson to that Halloween gathering. Um, these two young ladies were Caucasian, just as white as I am. And they came as Michael Jackson from the 80s and Michael Jackson from the 90s. And it was a very... It was it was funny. It was a Halloween prank. It was a Halloween joke uh, partner costume. 
the the thing was, and it never real it never registered with me ten years ago at this, but the young lady who was Michael Jackson from the eighties was in full blackface because she looked like Michael Jackson from the eighties. And that picture came up because another mutual friend who happens to be African American posted the picture and said, Remember this great costume and this was a these were the fun times. This was one of the best costumes ever. Well when he when he shared that picture it showed back up on my feed ten years later because it's my picture. And somebody saw this picture and and uh, called me out on it, and so I just I was like, okay, I get it. This is this is something that probably needs to come down. I need to, I need to deal I need to deal with this now. And so I told him there was actually a conversation going on because the the African American young man who shared the picture didn't understand why somebody might be upset about this picture, and I said, well, uh, this particular costume. Uh, is is uh, kind of today would be considered in poor taste. Again, this is ten years ago. I'm getting flack about it now. I'm going to take the picture down. Feel free to save the picture if you want it. If you want to keep it, save the memory or whatever. I'm taking the picture down, and I did. I took the picture down um, because we're in a different world, and a different world requires a different heart. If I'd have made the decision to, if my heart hadn't been gripped by Christ, I could have easily made the decision to go, uh, well, this is 10 years ago. How dare you be offended? Or, um, you know, it was just Halloween. It's a costume, you know, that kind of stuff. But what happens was, is Christ has changed my heart in such a way that I realized something about why that picture is is offensive or why that costume is offensive and the young lady has since said that was offensive and i don't want to be known for that costume anymore and i want to repent and go a different way we've got to give people room to repent if we're christians if we're followers of christ we have to allow for repentance to take place this is what christ does for us this is what we really do for one another and so when someone makes a statement and it's and it's it's uh It's a it's a kind of a statement that is not necessarily it's not definitely not racist but it but it's not feeling it it's like I'm not like I'm not there and then they come back and go I didn't realize how hurtful this was and now I do and I'm sorry legitimately sorry that we need to offer them that ability to walk in that repentance um, the world is different and we know we want it to be even more different. And it, for it to become different, we have to have a different heart. The question is, what are you going to do about it? What are you going to do about it? So verse 16, 2 Corinthians 5 says, we've stopped evaluating others from a human point of view. How about that, right? We've, we've stopped evaluating others from a human point of view. Well, maybe we need to do that. Anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old is gone. The new life has begun. So Jesus transforms from the inside out. Jesus is life changing. Jesus is life change because Jesus changes your heart. And as you follow Jesus, you cannot remain the same. There is grace during the process that God has for us. There's grace in the process we should offer to each other. But as you follow Jesus, you cannot remain the same. May this year be the year. May this decade be the decade that that we, church, Christians, that we're known for being different. I pray that for Awakened Church, the church that I am blessed and honored to be able to, to pastor and, 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 uh, and take on some leadership in. 
but 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 not that we'll be known as being different because of our worship gatherings or because we're the church that meets at the movie theater or uh, because we have you know a Bible study that meets in the fast food restaurant or a coffee shop or not because of our style of worship or even the presentation of the sermon that we wouldn't be known for being different because Jesus has our hearts and we're becoming more like Jesus in every moment. And I pray that the church, that Christians, we would be known for being that kind of different because Jesus has our hearts and, and, and we're becoming more like him in every moment. You know, Jesus said in the sermon on the Mount, it's uh, in Matthew five forty seven. If you're kind only to your friends, how are you different than anyone else? Even the pagans do that. So he is reminding us if if we want to live in this different world, we have to have a different heart. It's our this this right now. It's our it's our opportunity to be different. It's our opportunity to be different. And when others take the shortcut, the easy way, we want to stay true. When others use words as weapons or words. Uh, this, this to, to 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 use to bring down or to tear down. We only speak. We only want to speak words of healing. We want to speak words that 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 bring life. Because hurt people hurt people. But I believe that healed people bring healing to others. So I think of it. You can think of it like this: when others are existing in darkness, we get to live in the light, awakened, and awakening others to our message. And our message is simply. Ephesians 5.14, for the light makes everything visible. This is why it is said, awake, O sleeper, rise up from the dead, and Christ will give you light. This is the different world that requires a different heart. So it's easy for us, at least right now, it's easy to just think of reconciliation as an event, like it's an event. If we just have a specific event or if we have a specific um protest, if we have a specific um, law, uh, a specific, you know, something like that, that will bring, that will be reconciliation. And that's not, we need a different mindset from a different heart that's being transformed by Jesus. That's what re- where reconciliation comes from. Reconciliation comes from a different mindset that comes from a different heart that's being transformed by Jesus. So it's not an event it's a way of life. It's something that we, church, are called to. So reconciliation, another way to think of it is restoration of relationship. Reconciliation is the restoring or the restoration of a relationship. I read a book last uh, last year, uh, actually it was earlier this year, called The Last Arrow by Erwin Raphael McManus. And it's not a, not necessarily a book about reconciliation or anything like that, but it is a book about relationships. And and he writes uh, this pa- this passage from there. It says, "Finding your tribe is not about being the same color or same ethnicity or sa- or same history. It's about being of one heart and mind. So whatever you do, whatever it takes, wherever you need to go, whatever you need to do, find your tribe and begin to walk together. Your best future is waiting in your deepest." relationships. So what does it look like to find your tribe? Church, we know Jesus tore down the dividing wall of hostility. All right, he's already done that. In Christ there is no longer Jew or Gentile, Greek nor free, slave or slave nor free. Um there's no longer, you know, male male female. Like all the ways we divide ourselves, all the ways we would see ourselves as being divided, Jesus tore it down and broke it down. And so your tribe, like Erwin McManus has said in in uh The Last Arrow, it's those who, who you have like you're at one heart and one mind with. 
So do whatever you have to do, whatever it takes, where you have to go to find your tribe and walk forward together in those deepest relationships. That's where your tribe is. So how do you find your tribe? How do we find our tribe? 2 Corinthians reminds us, back to 2 Corinthians 5, back to verse 18. This is all a gift from God, who brought us back to himself through Christ, and God has given us the task of reconciling people to him. For God was in Christ, reconciling the world to himself, no longer counting people's sins against them. He gave us this wonderful message of reconciliation. So we are God's ambassadors. God is making his appeal through us. We speak for Christ when we plead, come back to God. For God made Christ, who never sinned, to be the offering for our sin, so that we could be made right with God through Christ. So we look around at what's happening in the world all around us, and it can be hard to see God is reconciling the world to himself, right? God is speaking to the world through us. This is his desire. This is, this is what is he, that, that, that the world needs more than anything right now, that through the church, through, the, through, through, through Christians, through the body of Christ, through the people of God, that we would allow God to speak through us. And this should, should be exciting for us. This should awaken us. God has entrusted us with this message of reconciliation for such a difficult time as this. And the enemy always tries to discourage from the mission. The enemy seeks to get people of God to compromise out of fear and frustration. I mean, and fear and frustration are the tools of division. They really are. Fear and frustration are the tools of division, and the enemy will use those to keep us from the mission of reconciliation. So we don't give in. We don't give up. We keep going forward. We stand firm on the, uh, on the amazing grace. We stand tall in the amazing grace and the love of God and the strength that the Holy Spirit has within us. That's where the strength comes from. So the conversation about reconciliation, it's broader than skin color or ethnicity. It's broader than any of that. Reconciliation is deeper than where we stand politically. It's bigger than economics. It's, it's bigger than education and gender and age. It's bigger than generations. Reconciliation is, is much more of a, than a conversation about all the ways we, we see ourselves as divided. It's a conversation about who God is. That's what reconciliation is. It's a, rec- it's, it's a conversation about who God is. It's a conversation about understanding the identity of Jesus. It's about the Holy Spirit leading and moving and drawing us together. Not some other spirit, but the Holy Spirit of God leading and moving and drawing us together. We cannot have authentic reconciliation without God. We, cannot, we won't achieve authentic reconciliation without God. And when it comes to this kind of thing, it's where I kind of tend to like, and maybe you're like me, we want a formula, right? Here's how we can have reconciliation. And we'll do one, two, and three, and we'll have it. And, and, and the thing about it is, I, I, don't, I don't think that there is a one, two, three step. I think it's about building the relationships where Jesus is the subject, where God is, is central to this, because I do not believe there's reconciliation without God. I think we can have reconciliation for the win. We want to have we want to live for the win in our culture, right? We want to be for the win, FTW, for the win. Well, to have reconciliation for the win, there's a, there's a few things that have to happen. The first thing I'd say is this. And again, I'm speaking to, I'm speaking I'm speaking to Christian. I'm speaking to my church, I'm speaking to myself, my family and my church family and broader sense to other Christians uh, who are willing to listen. Lack of unity is destroying the body of Christ. 
We have a longing to experience unity in our community and in our world. But until we get it right in the body of Christ, we won't, we won't get there. We can't get there until we get it right in the body of Christ. Harmony in the culture begins with harmony in the house. And God's radically diverse church must lead the way in radical unity and reconciliation in our culture. Another thing is staying out of it wounds others. A lot of people say, you know, I just want to stay out of it. I'm going to stay out of it and just keep silent. Staying out of it actually adds to the wounds of others. When I don't participate in reconciliation, I'm not talking about participating in events. I'm talking about reconciliation, restoring of relationship. When I don't participate in that, I injure and wound by my lack of action because my lack of action shows a lack of care, a lack of love. Whether we like it or not, we can't stay out of it. The church has got to stay in it. You don't, you don't, you don't have to become an activist. <laughs> you don't have to become an activist. Here's the thing, guys. I've realized something in these last few days because I am like all over the, the spectrum on, on my social media. Um, there's a lot of people suddenly that are activists, and maybe they're wired that way. I am absolutely not wired to be an activist. I'm not an activist whatsoever. You don't have to become an activist. But if you are a Christian, if you're a follower of Jesus, it says right here, you are an ambassador of Christ. You don't have to be an activist, but you do have to be an ambassador for Christ. And what does that ambassador do? Represents Jesus in order to bring reconciliation of all people back to God. That's it. God is making his appeal through us. And so that that is what we're called to do. So staying out of it wounds nobody. Or as a friend of mine named Chris says, sitting on the sidelines doesn't win the game. Nice. And then another thought, and I'm going to wrap it up here, guys. When we don't participate in reconciliation, we hinder our identity as the church. Our identity is that we are Christ's ambassadors. We are God's message of reconciliation. This is, our, this is the identity of the church. This means we embrace the discomfort of our, our diversity so we can truly reflect the image of Jesus. And the church, this, this isn't happening in our culture and in our world, and people want a social answer or a political answer. Um, it's not social or political first and foremost. It's spiritual first and foremost. This means we, need, we in the church, in the body of Christ, we've got to embrace the discomfort of our diversity so that we can truly reflect the image of Jesus. And when we see reconciliation takes place, you know what? That's undeniable evidence that God is still God. It is. When we say reconciliation take place, it's undeniable evidence that God is still God. You can write that down. You can tweet it because reconciliation is undeniable evidence that God is God. Now, reconciliation involves love, a kind of love that I would call sacrificial love. Reconciliation involves being intentional. Reconciliation means staying the course when it's not easy. And reconciliation offers hope to you that, that you too can become, as it says the, here, the sons and daughters of God. You belong here, so welcome home. Just come as you are. Reconciliation says, you belong here. Welcome home. Come as you are. So this is our message. This is what the church is, what the ambassadors of Christ are all about. I would encourage you uh, to take a next step, to not just hear this podcast and say, oh, okay, uh, there's another another white, southern, middle-aged, middle-class male 
spouting off and telling us what to do. Just check your heart and first step, do what I do. I try to do it on a regular basis and I, and I miss the mark sometimes on this and I get caught, I get caught up in it. I step on landmines and I find myself like a, like my favorite quarterback today and having to like come back and go, I am so sorry. I misspoke. And the people that know me know my heart, but the truth is not everybody really knows you as you think they do. So self, self self-assessment for, for all of us is a key. Self-assess yourself as I do for myself. Any prejudice that may be in your heart, you can you'll see it if you know it's there. If, I mean, you'll know it if you see it there. Confess that. Repent of that. Go a different way. Do that. Do that self-assessment. And then another step. I think for all of us who who would say we're we are followers of Jesus, we are ambassadors of Christ. We need to ask God in prayer. What is my role in reconciliation? You say right here that we are here to. Uh, give you gave us this wonderful message of reconciliation so now we are christ's ambassadors god is making his appeal through us come back to god okay what is my role in this and what does it look like in my culture in my family in my church in my community right now all right guys thanks for joining me for the sunrise and shine podcast um hope this has been helpful uh if it has, come back. We'll try to do more uh, on some other topics at another time. Um, if not, thanks for listening anyway. <laughs> All right. This has been uh, fun. God bless.